Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and we are going to keep this party going. So if you've tuned in in the last couple of episodes, you know that I am conducting a series where we have conversations with members of the Alchemy Circle because I wanted to share with you some insights of practitioners who are practicing their practice and learning from the ways that they are integrating their practice just into everyday life. I also wanted to highlight the stories of these practitioners because I'm sure you will be able to relate to them and on these paths. And when we start learning all of these different techniques, a lot of us fall into spaces of doubt and wondering how this is going to integrate into our lives. There are so many questions that arise. And so again, I thought with having these conversations with these beautiful, beautiful practitioners of energy that it will inspire you, resonate with you. Hopefully you um, find some content (laughs) within the conversations that really do um, help to inspire your own path and your own journey. So I am having a conversation today with an alchemist named Rosalind. And Rosalind has a Reiki practice called Two Wolves Wellness. And you can learn more about her work at twowolveswellness.com. And the interesting thing about her story is that she, like a lot of practitioners, um, come into the practice and then start wondering how to build a practice, if this is going to be their primary focus, if they should step away from their day job, all of these different questions that a lot of people contend with. And so Rosalind will share with you what her story is and how she found a way to make this work for her. Now, another thing about Rosalind is that she is not just a Reiki practitioner, she's also a nature lover. And she will share with us how her connection to earth itself is a huge part of her practice and her process of transformation, healing, and growth. She was drawn to energy work as a way of deepening understanding of herself, alleviating her anxiety, which we talk about, and just improving her daily mental and emotional health, which again, I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. So through meditation, nature, sound healing, yoga, Reiki, and so many other beautiful um, practices, she's been able to understand the beautiful ways that we can find healing and love for ourselves when the world may not always show us that we can. So I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Rosalind. Again, be sure to go to her website, twowolveswellness.com. The link is down in the show description. And as always, I will see you on the other side. Okay, everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. Today we have another beautiful energetic alchemist named Rosalind of Two Wolves Wellness. Welcome, Rosalind, to the show today. Thank you so much. Honey, uh, (laughs) I was thinking um, (laughs) with having these conversations, it's been really exciting hearing the stories and the backgrounds of, you know, people that I have been in connection with and watching how you are doing the work and wanted to give some listeners the encouragement of how the work that we do, one supports us personally, but how it also expresses in everyday life. 
So before we get too deep into your practice, can you just share a little bit about you? <laughs> what yeah. is it that you do? <laughs> well, so in my daily life, I work at a marketing agency, but my passion lies with energy work, energy healing. And um, so it's a funny sort of uh, balance, I guess, because on the one hand, um, I'm so knee deep in, you know, commercial, like the commercialization of like our culture. And on the other hand, I'm working every day to be like, well, that's maybe not the best kind of, uh, mindset to live through. So it's been interesting, but I feel like it's a, a good teacher, like on a daily basis, but, um, but yeah. And, um, I'm a Reiki practitioner. Um, I have a little studio. I just moved to a new house with my husband. So we're getting everything out of boxes, which has been fun, but, um, but yeah, so I'm a Reiki practitioner and, um, just really taking the time every day to just kind of set a practice. I think what was funny was when we moved, I put so much pressure on myself. I had such a good routine at my old house, kind of in my old schedule. And then we moved and it was like our whole world changed. And so I was so hard on myself to like, you've got to get into your routine. You know, you've got to get back to what you were doing. And so I think a lot of um, my recent time with myself has been just cutting myself some slack, which I feel like is a really great lesson for anybody <laughs> just kind of be gentle with yourself and cut yourself some slack. And, um, the real practice that I've needed has kind of come out of that gentleness with myself, which has been really nice. Yeah. I think that part ends up being, um, something that most practitioners bump against in one way or, or another, when you get to the point where you expect more of yourself or more of your practice and that can be a really funny dance. So I mm -hmm. wanted to um, ask you, though, back up a little bit because you said, you know, you have um, what we would consider a more traditional daytime nine to five kind of job. And a lot of people also wonder about that. Like, how do I balance both? And this is my passion. And how does this fit into my life? But you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And although, you know, <laughs> you're figuring out your schedule and you're doing it. But how did you get into energy work? What even led you into this path? Yeah, um, I grew up just in like your basic family. I grew up as a Catholic. Um, I, you know, no one in my family really had any um, background in any type of energy healing or energy work. But I think growing up as a kid, and I probably didn't don't give myself enough credit. I was a pretty intuitive kid. Um, and there were certain situations that happened as I was growing up where I was just picking up on things that my peers, my siblings, um, that, that people just didn't. And so, um, as I got older and kind of moved out of the house and was able to kind of take my, um, really take who I was into my own hands, kind of, you know, away from like the parental influence and all of that kind of stuff. I, um, 
let myself kind of research what was out there. And so in college, I started taking yoga classes and already that was like, Ooh, you know, yoga, like, I don't know. It had some stigma to it for some reason. It wasn't, you know, always, um, an open idea from where I came right. from. Um, and then, um, in like the spring of 2018, I found a, um, energy teacher, I guess, um, through a podcast. And he taught more of like, a, I think it was more rooted into like a Chinese energy work. And it was very, um, self-focused. So it was very much about, um, using breathing and meditation to kind of heal your own, um, and it, and it didn't work through any type of like chakra system or anything like that. It was just healing your own self, setting goals, setting kind of an energy of productivity and and all that kind of stuff. And so I did that for, I think probably almost a year. And I was like, this is really great. I feel like I'm in a really wonderful place. How do I, like, if this has helped me so much, surely there's something out there that I can help others with this energy. And I'd never heard of Reiki. And so I, um, I think I actually, what did I do? I think I went to a class with a friend of mine about the chakras and it was the first time I had really learned about it in depth. Um, and there were a lot of other Reiki practitioners there. And so that's kind of where I first learned about Reiki. So I did more research, did more research all the while kind of, um, not battling, but almost feeling guilty for looking into it because as a Catholic, like this kind of work is, um, not what you should be doing if you're very like, you know, strict Catholic or whatever. And, but I just felt called to it. I felt so called to it. I had my first couple of sessions and I just felt like I came online. Like I left my first Reiki session and I was just buzzing. I mean, I was buzzing and I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I've been looking for. And so I think it was, oh, maybe the summer of like 2019, I I was attuned to the Reiki level one. And then I wanted to give myself a year. So about a year later, I found another teacher did Reiki level two. Um, But yeah. And, and since then, like you said, that how do you do the, the, the normal nine to five while balancing this being also work is, um, for a while I viewed my job once I got into Reiki as an outlet to like save money to then hopefully one day be able to leave it and do Reiki full time. That hasn't happened yet. And what's funny is I have, I think I have really received a lot of answers from spirit that I don't need to leave my job, which at first was really frustrating because I was like, no, this is my plan. This is what I wanted to do, you know? Um, And what's funny is when you work so much in the energy, you try to really, you know, be in harmony with your chakras and balance and just be in the flow things just happen easily. So at my normal job, I got in the last two years, you know, three, four random promotions and like raises that I never 
I completely out of the blue. And I was like, why is this happening? It's like, I can't leave because, you know, why would this, you know, be even more of a providing factor for me? Um, which has been really funny, but I, I think it's just been a lesson of, of the balance. And so I do work nine to five. Um, and then in the evenings and on the weekends, I'm, you know, offering Reiki sessions and, you know, I have set kind of a routine where, um, meditation or Reiki or any type of energy work kind of bookends my day. So in the morning, you know, I wake up, I do a little exercise, I do some Reiki, go through my day. And then in the evenings, I kind of come back to it. And I don't, you know, there's sometimes during the day when I really am focused on taking a breath, coming back into practice, if I'm feeling stressed or something like that, but I don't put a lot of pressure on myself to be like, well, you want to be this, you know, Reiki practitioner, you should be putting this through your whole day, you know, find a way to be always in it. I just, that pressure isn't something that helps me stay, you know, in the best mindset around it all. So it really has been a balance of, um, just respecting where each job lies and Mm -hmm. that it's okay. It's okay to, you know, balance both. And maybe someday, um, you know, I will be able to make the decision to make Reiki full-time, but right now it's just, like I said, all the things just point to, this is the balance you're supposed to have. Even if it was something that I (laughs) was like, no, I don't want that. (laughs) Well, it's really funny. I think a lot of us, again, will put a pressure on ourselves of like, this has to be my job, or this must Mm -hmm. be what I do all day, or this must be what I offer the world in a very particular way. Like it has to look like you come and get on a massage table and, and that's me sharing with you. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, I know just from getting to know you and so much of your insightfulness over the past year, you have had a lot of experiences of mm, like the ways that working with energy or mindfulness, or we can even say meditation, the different practices that you have, have really supported the the everyday aspects of your life we'll say whether it's like what you're working through personally or the way that you're seeing things personally and a lot of people don't make that connection with doing energy work they do think it is just maybe when we go lay on a table or when we have someone lay hands on us but what would you want people to understand what have you personally learned about what energy work is, or if someone asked you what it was, how would you describe it now? It's funny because I often challenge myself to try and come up with a description <laughs> like that. And it's hard. It's, um, it's so unique and so multifaceted. Um, but I think energy work for me has become a place of just healing and rest and gentleness for myself. Um, before I really got into this work, I was much more closed-minded. I was much more judgmental. Um, and so it's, it's to me a, um, just a way to put the world aside 
come in where they kind of try to put the what you think you should think of anything I mean yourself what's happening that day that you might be you know dealing with um, work whatever put what you think you're supposed to think about it aside and just come to yourself in a time of you know openness and just say okay well let's sit with this let's see like let's see what really comes out as the truth that I believe which is very challenging especially when you know I mean our culture today is just very opinionated very opinionated and you know I personally come from a family that also has really opinionated people (laughs) and so yeah energy work and energy healing and, and these these ways of of Um, meditation and everything like that it really has become um not one concrete thing either it's not just reiki you know it may just be sound healing it may be meditation with crystals it may be um working with oracle cards or something like that um i think at first i really thought it has to be reiki Mm -hmm. and then through you know working with you and learning and you know, taking some other classes and going to different, you know, yoga sessions and things like that. It's just, I think it's really opened my eyes and been an outlet of, you know, there's so much that is here for us to utilize, to find this truth and, you know, figure out how we're supposed to, you know, just be the human that we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, energy work has really been just kind of this eye-opening, I guess, kind of, um, discussion with myself in a way of just kind of allowing whatever truths to come forward and not being so hard and judgmental on what I thought I should be or do or you know whatever truth that is yeah I mean what you're saying it reminds me a lot of the undoing or like the the unraveling of things that a lot of us go through when we start in this work because we do, we come into, or we have an opportunity to, I would say, to come into a different kind of relationship with ourselves. So all of a sudden we may have known ourselves in a particular way and you may have been experiencing life however you were experiencing it at the time before doing these practices. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? What am I experiencing? Who am I? What's going on? Like everything becomes a question. And it's, Again, one of those things I think is interesting because a lot of people only associate energy work with, you know, just like laying of hands or laying on a table, but there are many layers to it. Just like you're saying, it's not just one thing. It's how we are having conversations with ourselves. It's the way that we may be changing our perspectives around people and things and expressions in life. So I have to ask you that, like back around the time when you started coming into this these types of practices how would you describe what you were going through in life at that time like who were you in comparison to like what it is that you recognize yourself to be mm, developing into or changing Mm -hmm. in relationship to yourself now yeah I um I was scared I was scared I was dealing with a lot of anxiety to where um, 
I mean, I used to be just so afraid of things. And um, I think as a person um, at that time, I would have been, I guess, in my little bit like mid twenties, maybe a little bit before that. Um, and I just didn't, I, I didn't know how to function in a balanced way. Like I said, I, I, like I said, I was an intuitive kid, but it was like, I didn't know how to not be afraid of what I was picking up or like, how, how, how did I balance? Like, how would I have balanced it? I had no idea. (laughs) So I, yeah, I was just somebody I think who was acting more out of like life is happening to me, not necessarily like playing any type of victim, but I felt like I didn't have any control, which I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm sure we don't, but in the sense of like, I didn't know I could control those emotions. I didn't know I could control, um, the fear I would feel, or, you know, if and I, my relationships with, you know, family and my husband were definitely not as good as they are now, you know, there was more conflict and just because I was, I am a stubborn person and I'm happy to admit that, but because I was so stubborn and I didn't know how to take a breath, look at it from a different perspective, everything was harder. It was just hard. And topping on, on that, having so much anxiety just made it almost feel impossible at times. So yeah, it was, it's like night and day to think back to who I was before I started this. But I think as I started learning each technique and just hearing, um, teachers, you know, speak through what they've experienced, it's like, it started just peeling back the layers of difficulty. Like it was like, yeah, you just need to chill. Like, here's one more layer. Like, this is how you can do this and take a breath and, you know, find that, um, relief that I was looking for that I think in the back of my mind, probably for most of my life, I knew I was searching for like that balance, that relief, that, that way of knowing that I was safe and, um, that I had some sense of control of, of my emotions and, um, my presence in the world. And so, yeah, I was, uh, it's like night and day to think back to that time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a beautiful thing. Again, I think, um, it'll help people who may be putting pressure on themselves of thinking they have to practice in a particular way. And maybe Mm -hmm. that don't realize they're already in their practice with even just the way that they're seeing things, you know, um, those, those simple things that have such a big impact on us. And I know that as well, like, um, once we go deeper into this and we step out of trying to do things so right by the book, right. A lot of us start to realize that the practice really is our own and how it expresses through us may be unique to us. And I know that you're a nature lover and, you know, you're hiking and you're in the woods and you're doing all the things I, I well, you'll probably never see me doing right. <laughs> it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. But I wanted to talk to you about that too, because how does that connection to nature and these other things that you feel drawn to or you feel called to, how do those reveal to you your practice of, um, you know, maybe 
not just calling it energy work, but your, your practice of balance, your practice of harmonizing with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, nature has been probably one of the key elements for me of finding that balance. Um, when I was young, there was a green belt behind my parents' house and every afternoon after school, I was back there just exploring. And I think at that time it was an escape that I felt like I needed. Um, and as I've gotten older, it's become kind of a teacher to me. Um, the elements hold such a important and special place in my heart. It's it's hard to explain. And I, I feel, I guess kind of in the, in the realm of like the escapism, I feel like being out in nature, not having my phone, <laughs> you know, trying to really, um, peel back the distractions and the noise is just, it creates this environment of, more easily tapping into that, a balance that I'm searching for. Right. Um, and I've had some really beautiful experiences um, with things like the wind, like I'll sit and I'll be, you know, in a state of meditation and, you know, whether I'm trying to connect with guides or ancestors or whatever it might be, you know, and my thoughts then feel like the wind begins to respond to me, like a gust of wind will come or, you know, maybe the sun will come from behind the clouds and shine on me like it's and, you know, maybe I'm reading into it, you know, it could be just that, you know, you're in nature, you're going to see beautiful things, you're going to experience beautiful things. But to me, it's it's a, a much more meaningful connection to you know, spirit to mother earth. And I think it just, it's humbling because that's what we come from. We don't come from these man-made buildings and, you know, technology and all that kind of things. This, we come from the earth and I've always felt very connected to that, to find that sort of inner peace. And I think there's something to, I, I am really into hiking and I think there's something beautiful to simply using your feet to reach a destination. And um, sometimes it's hard. <laughs> sometimes you're sweating and out of breath, but gosh darn it, you use those feet to like climb up that little mountain. And, you know, it's very much, you know, a beautiful reflection of um, viewing your daily challenges as much as it is a literal exercise of you know, just appreciating the body that you're in and appreciating the breath that you get to breathe and um, yeah, just taking away the distractions and, and being able to just respect the earth that you're on and just, it's all there for us to enjoy and take in and gain healing from. And I think in our daily lives, it's hard to remember that sometimes that you can, you know, call upon mother earth to teach you peace and balance and, and beauty and appreciation for, you know, the simplest of things. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful life lesson that, that I take from that. 
I love that, Rosalyn, especially the part about stepping away from the distractions, because again, we often um, in this realm talk about it within the lens of meditation. And a lot of people are intimidated by the idea of meditation or just automatically think there's no way I can quiet my mind, which, you know, it's just about directing the mind, right? But there are different ways that we can do that. I mean, just like your expression of hiking sounds like a moving meditation, you know, like there are various ways to redirect and consciously direct our minds. But I love even more the way you describe um, just your awareness of the aliveness of earth. I guess that's the way I would say it. Because again, it's not that your practice looks like one thing. Of course, you can have your day job. I mean, you're practicing through your hiking and you're practicing through the way that you're perceiving life and the way that you are in relationship to the wind and the sun and the waters. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fascinating to think of it that way. Um, I'm actually smiling because I hearing these little nuggets from you, these little seeds that are planted, they often help to um, inspire us to now when I go outside, I'm going to be more hyper aware of the elements and how they feel against my skin and how I'm interacting with them, all of these things. So I wanted to ask you about that too, because you did mention that you um, started with, you know, practicing some yoga, then you were introduced to different types of energy healing techniques. And you also clearly have a deep reverence for just connecting to earth and to nature. How did you like feel guided to just merge this all together? Are these practices that you keep very separate from each other? You, I mean, how do you decide what you're going to work with on a daily basis? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it sounds like you have access. You even mentioned Oracle, right? So you mm-hmm. clearly have a lot of accessibility to different tools which for some can be overwhelming right like oh my god I love all the things well how can I fit them all into the day so what does that look like for you yeah and I and I will say to that note of being almost overwhelmed by it when when I was even just looking into learning Reiki I was so in my head of what type of Reiki do I learn? And I I put so much pressure on myself of like, well, there's this type and there's this type and how do I know? And I need to go have a session with this person who does this. And it was just like way too in my head. (laughs) And I think um, there was an element of that when I first started learning these different tools um, where I was feeling or putting the pressure on myself to say, well, your routine needs to look like 10 minutes of sitting in meditation and then you need to get your, you know, tuning forks out and you need to do that for five minutes, you know, and I thought I had to use every tool every day to really be able to say, I know how to use this. And I think I was putting a pressure on myself too, for the goal of, of being a Reiki practitioner for others. I felt like I had to be like a master of all which I now laugh at myself for, because that's just (laughs) going to be impossible. (laughs) And I know that, you know, the energy will move as it needs to move for, you know, whoever I'm with. But in terms of like how I decide, I think it's, it's really just driven by intuition or the heart or just whatever I'm feeling for that day. Um, And I also just kind of run through seasons. So, you know, Right now I'm doing a lot of meditation silently. 
And for a long time, I had um, certain, like a playlist of songs that really took me deeper into meditation. But if I tried to do that right now, I don't think it would work for what I need. Um, And so in terms of tools or like getting out in nature, um, I just, if I wake up one day and I just feel called to go for a walk or, you know, I'm really grateful. I'm down the street from kind of like a a state park, just a few minutes away. And so if I just feel like I need to get out (laughs) and it's kind of that feeling when in terms of like the nature aspect, it kind of just starts building and building. I'm like, I think I need to get out of the house (laughs) and go be in nature. But, um, but yeah, in terms of tools, I think it's just whatever I feel drawn to, which I know for anybody listening is kind of a frustrating answer. If you're trying to find kind of a a routine for yourself, because you're like, well, that doesn't help me understand when I need to do it, but I'm sorry, (laughs) but it, it is really true. And, and, you know, um, it's also, uh, it, d- it depends on what type of, you know, if I'm having a challenging issue that I'm dealing with, I might pull in my cards. I might pull in my, you know, crystal pendulum. I might, um, listen to a specific meditation that I've found helpful in the past, just because I've, I've used that before. So I guess the, um, advice I would give would be try everything that you feel drawn to, you know, a handful of times. And then as you become more familiar with it, I think when you come into those daily practices, you then may have more of an idea of, I think today I need this to help me find that balance that I'm looking for, because I feel imbalanced in this way. And, you know, in the past, that's really helped me. Um, but yeah, so it, frustratingly, the answer is it's just whatever feels right in the moment to use. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love your honesty and that you can even laugh about it because we all know like, yes, I'm not listening in like, oh my God. But just give no, me an I mean, answer. Yeah. <laughs> just tell me. But, you know, the thing about it is you also mentioned back in the beginning that, you know, at first you went through this tug of war. Do I leave? my day job is just supposed to be hundred percent of my focus. And you've really just followed the guidance of like, no, it's really okay to keep your day job and also build into and fit in your practice as a Reiki practitioner, um, offering services to other people as it fits into your life. And I think that can be very um, powerful and supportive message for so many people. Cause I mean, literally over the years, I can't even tell you how many people come into this conflict of what do I do very specifically with that. So I want to talk a little bit about how that works for you, because you said, you know, you thought it was going to look one way, you came into accepting that it looked like something different. But what was it that was inspiring you or made you feel like you wanted to share with others? What is it that you actually do want to share with other people in terms of energy work? Yeah, um, I think it comes down to that. I just gained, I feel like almost a new life after being able to take that time for myself to, to balance and to come into that sort of peace and, and tranquility through Reiki. 
Um, and so, yeah, my, I just love offering that space of healing for others, um, whether it's, you know, um, distance Reiki or in person. Um, I just really, I like to make it a space where when someone walks on the door, you know, they smell the incense and they're taken away, you know, that like a smell alone, I feel like can just, you're like, okay, I'm somewhere else and I'm calm. (laughs) And I think also just providing an opportunity for someone to feel cared for, Mm. you know, I think, or, and maybe even just supported um, because it's just, it, it's hard when you're going it alone and you, you feel overwhelmed and you don't know where to go. And you're like, Oh, I've heard of this, you know, Reiki and, um, to just let someone walk in the door and know, Hey, for this next hour, focus is on you. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is lay here. I'm going to be here to support you with, you know, just creating a space for healing and, and just creating it, you know, an opportunity for you to have quiet time to think through whatever you need to think through and experience, you know, whatever emotions you may need to experience. And I think, um, the lesson of gentleness with myself is also something that I'm really passionate about sharing to give others the opportunity to be gentle with themselves, because I just feel like we spend every day being hard on ourselves, criticizing ourselves, and just, it's just so easy to get swept up in that mindset. And so, yeah, it's, if I can just give someone a break for a little while, <laughs> I, I would just love doing that because I just think it's, it makes a world of difference when, when you can see yourself with love rather than criticism and judgment. Yes, <laughs> that is so powerful. It's like making my heart beam just the way that you describe it of that space being held for someone to be, you know, seen and supported and cared for. And it's interesting listening to you say this, it makes me think of that, that role in that relationship between practitioner and client and the way, you know, the intention of that, not even before they get there, like the space that you're creating and the intention that you set around the space and for um, the exchange of energy between the two, all of these, these different layers. And what you do, you get to hold space and you witness people go through their process of whatever it may be, but creating this beautiful, safe space for people to go through whatever it is that they need to express and go through. And that's beautiful. Now, on the other side, as someone who goes through the classes and the training and to become a practitioner, it can look very different because there's not necessarily going to be someone to hold space for you. <laughs> while you go through your processes of your healing journey and what it is you're coming to understand and know right so it's like mm-hmm. the same space you end up holding for other people may not have necessarily been there for you in the same way as a we'll say practitioner in training for for lack of a better description right so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that too for the practitioners listening because we know it's not always easy like 
yeah, we, we come to a space of having more reverence and um, maybe like seeing ourselves, having more compassion for ourselves, more love for ourselves, we get there. But some of it's challenging. So what was that experience like for you when you start implementing practices and then all these mirrors start popping up around you and you start recognizing different aspects of your life and how they may have impacted you or how you're holding these things, you know, those spaces that can be a little like, oh, wait, (laughs) this this isn't a comfortable part of the journey. What was that like for you? And how did you really, how did you navigate that? Yeah. Um, I, I love to look back and laugh at it now, (laughs) but yeah, I, and when I, so I found a teacher that was online for my Reiki level one and I did not know what to expect. I tried to find someone that, um, seemed to have a pretty thorough sort of like manual and could give me a really good background. And she did, but our face-to-face class felt very short to me. And I felt like I was kind of just thrown (laughs) into the pool of learning. Um, which at first there was a lot of second guessing, I think at first when I was learning all these things and I kind of jumped into a bunch of reading and books to learn what I felt like I needed to learn. Um, but as you said, so that book knowledge and reading about other people's journeys through learning Reiki and being involved with, you know, the history of Reiki. And and I just tried to learn everything that I could about it. Um, But there did come a point where it felt like real life was showing me what I was trying to find the answers in the traditional books or manuals or something like that. Um, And I think there was a lot of breaking of what of, of who I viewed myself to be. And like I mentioned, I grew up pretty, um, strictly Catholic and, um, feeling like those things were trying to fall away was scary. And, um, there were a lot of times that presented themselves to me where I felt so pulled by spirit saying, just let go, like, just let go and it'll be fine. But you're standing there on the edge of the cliff about to jump off into the water. And you're like, I don't know what's down there. I don't know what's down there. I don't know what it's going to look like. And I'm freaked out, which is fine. And, and that comes back to the gentleness of, you know, take the time you need to assess that. Um, but I did, and I took the jump and I think what it looked like for me was, and again, this, this might be a little, not frustrating maybe, but it's not a clear answer for anyone listening, but it was kind of like a switch for me. The switch just flipped. And I said, if I'm going to do this, I've got to let go of all of these preconceived notions of how I viewed myself, what my life looked like. Um, and I've just got to flip the switch and just be open to the person that I'm turning into. 
because the tighter that I hold on to the ideas and the way that she looked before, the harder the journey is going to be to see that new person. Um, and so, yeah, it was just flipping the switch of saying, it's okay. It's okay to look at, um, you know, these harder characteristics of who I am, the stubbornness and the judgmental nature and all of that, you know, uh, and even the anxiety, you know, sometimes I was really hard on myself for being an anxious person. I'm like, you're fine. Like, why can't you get over this? And so, um, yeah, the mirrors were very scary at first and it was hard to look at, um, even just minor little things and say, you know, it's okay that had its time and place and it's time to let go of it and let, you know, this healing kind of encouragement from, you know, both Reiki and spirit and, and guides and ancestors and all of this support, um, kind of wash that away and let you just grow into the person that you're being led to grow into. And, um, you know, some of the tools learning, even from your class, um, some of those tools were very frightening to me at first, Oracle cards seemed terrifying. I was like, what is this? What am I tapping into? I don't understand, you know, the devil's work. I don't know, you know, (laughs) but, and, and. But again, it was just taking the small steps in gentleness and losing the judgmental nature of myself Um, and, and things like connecting with ancestors has been incredibly healing because in um, respecting that connection that we always have with those that have been in our past, I feel like they've been able to show me, hey, we all had this mirror. (laughs) Welcome to the family. You know, (laughs) we all looked into that same mirror and, you know, maybe some of us didn't fully heal that in our lifetime, but you're being presented with the opportunity to heal it. And this is what that looks like for you. And so, yeah, it, it's hard and it's scary. Um, (laughs) especially in the beginning when everything that you're learning is new, Um, but kind of tapping back to what we talked about, the the more you just give yourself the opportunity to try different things without being hard on yourself, um, and, and really allowing where your intuition leads you to go and just letting the process take place without, um, clinging to what you think, you know, of who you were so much more beautiful and positive things come from it. Yes. And that's really, really the beauty of it all. And I love so much of what you shared. I, I love the way you describe all of this. It's funny because on one hand, I know you're like, okay, this is not going to satisfy anybody's <laughs> curiosity, but really you explain it so plainly and so practically that I, I'm sure it will resonate with so many people the way that you describe this and be especially helpful for the people that are going through this phase right now. So I have to ask you too, Rosalind, um, outside of the expression of just how this work touches us in a very personalized way, you know, we become very hyper aware of ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what it is that, you know, we are um, functioning from, right? How has this work in any way? Has it 
also um, been significant in your relationships, like relationships to your husband and family? Has it had any significant impact in other areas or other connections in your life? Yeah, it, it has made a world of difference. Um, I truly, truly believe that when you put your personal energy and balance and peace as a priority, it just bleeds into everything, everything and everyone around you. Um, it's not to say that like my relationship with my husband before this was, you know, bad in any way, but, um, and even with, you know, other family members, there's always conflict we're humans. We're going to have conflict with other humans, but the, um, the approach to resolution has made, I mean, it's like a, it's a 180. It's just, it's changed everything when I've been able to, you know, approach a disagreement with somebody in my family and just say, okay, before you let your emotions fly out the window, <laughs> let's take a moment and take a breath and just, you know, realize that your experience of life is completely different, even though your family and you've, you know, grown together over how many decades um, it's completely different than what they've experienced. And that's okay. You know, you're only responsible for your own energy, but knowing that your energy influences the people around you too, means, you know, if you hold that responsibility of, if I can stay in a positive place, I know that that will make this experience more positive and I can't control what that person's going to do, right. but at least I know I'm doing what I can to make this a good experience and a positive experience. And so, um, yeah, it just started trickling down, you know, my, yes, my relationship with my husband, I think we're in the happiest place we've ever been in. And, um, you know, when I first started this work, he was kind of like, what you doing? What, <laughs> like, what is it? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> which was fine. You know, I, I wasn't telling him he had to do it himself, but, um, I think when people also see you taking time to, um, improve yourself and kind of go inwardly, um, it makes them feel like they could have that opportunity as well. And so I think that energy just kind of keeps the momentum going for those that you interact with that, you know, the more positive and loving and, and gentle you are with yourself, people can see like, Hey, you know, maybe that is an easier way to get through these, you know, disagreements or difficulties with, you know, a family unit. I feel like probably the family is one of the most beautiful you know, environments to be in, but it's also one of the hardest because, yes. you know, you're with people that you didn't choose. <laughs> and sometimes you're like, why are you here? <laughs> you don't match anything that I believe in. Um, but I mean, that's a challenge and a lesson in itself of, you know, but we can all coexist happily and find, you know, a good balance. And maybe it'll never um, look like the way that you know, you thought your family would look, but at least yeah. through the personal work, 
for me at least, it's created an environment that has been um, the least amount of discomfort for me and I think for you know the people in my family. Um, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be, you know, the picturesque, you know, perfect, you know, everything. We all have our own personalities and differences and, but we can come together and be loving and know that, you know, approaching things in a positive way has the best benefit for sure. Yeah. I so it's love really, that so really affected. Yeah. It's been amazing. That is really beautiful the way you describe it. And now I'm like, oh, well, I have to ask you anyway, because I'm asking all of the <laughs> alchemists this um, particular question. And I also want to, after this, if you could share with us about your podcast and obviously how yeah, people sure. can work with you and connect with you. But the question that I wanted to make sure to ask each one of you is, who is your practice for? I think my practice... is for anyone and everyone. I think my personal practice, I view it as a practice that like we've discussed, I mean, helps me, but I know it's not just me. I think the energy that we cultivate um, inwardly without even trying affects the energy everywhere. And I think that that's such a beautiful and incredible um, thing to just be a part of, you know, this this cog in the wheel of how the universe functions. It's just, that could be a whole nother discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so in terms of personal practice, it's for me, but I, I know that it has um, the potential to affect positive change everywhere. And so, yeah, the practice of, you know, for anyone that comes for Reiki or for healing is, it's not just for them either, you know, it's for their energetic circle of who they interact with and you know like I kind of touched on before it's it doesn't have to be hard either mm -hmm. it can be easy and it can be free-flowing and you know it, it's I think bottom line it's for for everyone and it's it's a positive thing that anyone can experience for sure of course so beautifully put so elegant <laughs> you know what's so funny about you and I'm like having flashes of you like in classes and things you do your communication even is so grounded you know like you're so earthy <laughs> even in the way <laughs> that you present things like I'm air I'm kind of like ah, all over right and you're just very just like no I'm this and this is what I saw and this is what I experienced <laughs> yeah it's been um amazing just watching you and your journey uh so one, I'm just thinking right now how thankful I am that we get to have this conversation and share it with other people to support them on their path. And with that, I wanted to ask you about your podcast. So you have a mm -hmm. podcast. What is it about and where can we <laughs> tune in? <laughs> yes. So the podcast was a branch out of kind of this passion project that my husband and I have, which is Two Wolves Wellness. And um we started a podcast and we've been on a long hiatus <laughs> because COVID happened and that threw us all off of our, you know, whack. Um, but yeah, it's just a podcast that started off as a, a resource for anybody interested in health and wellness to come and 
we share information about diets that we've tried all the way to, you know, meditation. We had some, um, a fun episode about kind of like personalities and personality tests. And, you know, it, it was, it's just an outlet for us to talk about kind of this realm of like, we've been talking about just personal growth and opportunities for greater health and wellness. And, um, we've got some things brewing to hopefully come back now that we're kind of getting settled in our new house and trying to kind of get our life back in order. But so I'm really excited for hopefully what's coming soon. Um, but yeah, and then our website, Two Worlds Wellness, um, is sort of just the same thing and an opportunity to bring people together to learn about um, so many different facets of, of health and wellness and, you know, nutrition and meditation and, and um, yeah. And hopefully um, our one of our biggest goals when we first started this before the world kind of turned <laughs> was that we would have um kind of group experiences whether it be hiking or um you know yoga classes or anything like that but bringing a community together of people that are looking for that same um kind of healing and an adventurous kind of like I just want to be with a group of people that are passionate about these things and kind of come together to, to experience that. So yeah, it's, you can find us at, um, two wolves wellness on Facebook and Instagram and on our website and yeah, our podcast, two wolves wellness podcast. So two wolves wellness. So now it's funny because I, I mean, I've seen two wolves wellness all this time, like in knowing you, but I didn't realize. So your husband, you and your husband, are you the two wolves? <laughs> not <laughs> intentionally. No, <laughs> no, not intentionally. But it did kind of work out. We also have two dogs. They are not the two wolves. <laughs> that has been asked before. Yeah. Okay. Well, just make sure. I mean, no matter what it is, if people want to tune into the podcast, they mm-hmm. want to come and work with you or have remote sessions and stay tuned for the possibility of some outdoor um, connectivity, go to two wolves wellness. Dot com. Yeah. And of course I'll have that in the show description. So you can scroll down, click on that and connect with Rosalind like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one thing that you said and now it's completely slipped my mind. Dang it. Oh, 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 the, the events like hiking and, you know, perhaps during group events, I just have to say, if you ever do that or once you do that, um, once we get through some of this, stuff (laughs) I absolutely want to come and have that experience with you because I did it years ago in San Diego Um, my very first meditation teacher she had us do a a walking meditation and we walked through this um, these trails in San Diego that are known for um, you know they were it was Native American territory at one time and so we had to do this silent walking meditation kind of slash hiking thing and so it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. And I'm feeling so connected to the earth and like the history that was there, like even with the visions mm-hmm. that were coming in as we were walking in silence. And um, we had to choose at the end a space to just stop and meditate. And there was a stream. It wasn't a lake. It was just this little stream of water. And there were all of these bees, like just all of these bees swarming and listen, I'm not, again, necessarily the most like 
you know, like I don't have hiking boots, right? <laughs> I decide to sit right next to the swarm of bee- bees. Okay, Rosalind, like they're like buzzing around my head. <laughs> but I did. And I sat there in like the most peaceful space, literally bees just like all oh, just right here. But it was the most amazing, one of the most amazing experiences I ever had. And just feeling so connected to earth and for whatever odd reason in that moment, not at all afraid of the bees. <laughs> and so I say that to say for anyone who hasn't um, had an opportunity to practice in the ways that you have described, it is quite amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But also keep me posted because once <laughs> you start doing these events, I will absolutely fly out to <laughs> attend Ooh. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank you so much, my love. It is an absolute honor for me to be able to interview all of you and have you share your work. Um, thank is there you anything so much. Before we go that you want people to know or any last words of encouragement for people starting out on their path? Mm. Well, thank you just so much for allowing the discussion. It's, it's awesome. Um, and really any last words of advice, I think just give yourself a break, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just, just give yourself a break, give yourself the time to just be who you feel you need to be. And, you know, take the pressure off of yourself. It's not, it's not worth it in the long run to hold yourself so tightly to a certain idea when there's so much potential out there. So yeah, just be gentle with yourself. <laughs> Give yourself is- a little love. <laughs> yes, honey. <laughs> that has been like the message woven out your entire conversation. Yes. And what a beautiful yes. message it is. So everyone take it from Rosalind. Give yourself a little love. Take a break. <laughs> and thank you, my love, for coming to share with us today. Thank you. Bye. Okay, beautiful alchemist. Thank you again for tuning in to Reiki Radio. And thank you so much for joining me and Rosalind for this conversation about integrating energy work into our everyday lives. And again, Um, Through this series, you will really get a sense of how our practices are so unique to us. And I loved the story that she shared about her beautiful experiences with the wind and, you know, just the reminder of giving ourselves a break, not to be too hard on yourself, being more compassionate and having more gentleness with yourself through your process, your journey of self-healing. So again, if you would like to learn more about Rosalind and her work, or to even check out her podcast, you can listen to the podcast where podcasts are available. It's called Two Wolves Wellness Podcast. And you can learn more about everything that she provides at her website down in the show description. Click the link. It is twowolveswellness.com. So I want to give a very special thank you again to Rosalind. Thank you, my love, for allowing me to be a part of your journey, a part of your path. And thank you for coming to share, to help inspire and support others. Everyone, remember to always journey in love. And if you would like to join me or other energetic alchemists in the alchemy circle, you can find more information on my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Reiki Radio. Bye for now. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.